Someone stole Santa Claus. We're talking to Mouse, a mystery, and me. Hit it. It was 1987. Bill Elliott won the Daytona 500. U2 released the Joshua Tree. Baby Jessica was rescued from the well. And Alex the Cartoon Mouse helped Jill solve a Santa napping caper. I'm your host, Jerry D, with another episode of Totally Rad Christmas, the podcast that talks all things Christmas in the 80s. Toys, movies, specials, music, and fads. If it was gnarly during Christmas in the 80s, we got it covered. Now, before I introduce my guest, it's time for the 80s word of the day. As always, it comes from the Dictionary of 1980s Slang by Rick Carlisle. Today's word is cranking, adjective, highly energetic and wild. Val speak derived from surf slang. For example, hey, listen, Waimea's cranking right now. We're going out from North Shore, 1987. Use it all the time. <laughs> now, joining me is a totally rad Christmas all-star, and the man who's literally written the book on Christmas, author of the Christmas book, it's Ed Daly. Ed, how's it going? Uh, it's going well. How, uh, thanks for having me on. Yeah, thanks for coming back. <laughs> this was this was the uh, this is going to be about as weird an episode as you're probably going to have. <laughs> I think so. In a decade with lots of weird stuff, this this could be the strangest. <laughs> you're not kidding. Yeah, it's like things come out of nowhere. Plots are just magically wrapped up with a line. You know, we're so, not shown things. But I, f- I fell down a rabbit hole trying to figure out, was this part of a, a greater series? Or like, was this just characters we were supposed to just join and take take at face value? What, what was this? <laughs> so I actually had that same question because I was like, this mouse looks super familiar. It's like, if Chuck E. Cheese dressed like the mouse from the rescuers or something. Yes. It's like, it's like, I know this guy. Uh, but so I did find, and and I couldn't find a lot on this. So we're going to, we're going to be doing our best here, but I did find an advertisement for it. Um, so it was done by Ruby Spears. They did the animation. Um, you know, a couple of uh, those guys that broke off from Hanna-Barbera and formed their own production company. Um, but it says on this particular ad, introducing Alex, the small detective with the big imagination. So, they had grander plans. I think so. I think this was like a big jumping off point. And then when it didn't really hit. This is <laughs> like this it. is like Remo Williams. The adventure begins that. The, uh, <laughs> yeah, you only got one wow. Remo Williams action movie. But yeah, they, they had bigger plans. Uh, yeah, that's all it really says here. And then, it's, of course, it says it's a telecast in stereo. And anyway, it uh, <laughs> it's quite a, an interesting thing. But. I I actually remember this. Like I I if you had asked me about it, I would have said I don't know what you're talking about. But as soon as you mentioned it, because you you know you brought it up in an email to me, I looked it up and I was like, this is like super familiar. I remembered so much that happened, even though I don't know anything about it really. So <laughs> it, it was it hit a lot of like the nostalgia buttons. Although now as an adult watching it, uh, there's there's some 
some things that need to be cleared up, I think. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's just weird. I mean, they did get one 80s star like you you would know one man. The rest of them, it wasn't like these are, you know, they had Joe from Facts of Life being in it or something like that. It was just kind of character actors and right. Dick Van Patten. And Dick Van and, Patten. Yeah. And yeah. he doesn't even have a huge role. <laughs> no, he gets he's the Santa that gets kidnapped. <laughs> so yeah. he's out for most of it. Kidnapped right after right after bumming out the kid. <laughs> That's what Santa does, right? <laughs> but uh, the other guy I recognized was uh, Lloyd Bachner, who yes. I, and I actually knew him from like the Naked Gun sequel. I think he was in part two. Yes. And then, of course, he's done a, a bunch of other you know, one-off things here and there. So like, he's one of those guys that you see and you're like, oh, yeah, yeah. And you said a best character actor. Um, but those are the only two. You're right. They're the only two the, I recognized. The female lead, I looked at her up on IMDb and it's like a who's who or what's what of 80s shows. She had guest spots on Mr. Mr. Belvedere, MacGyver, 21 MacGyver. Jump Street. Yeah. The little boy uh, is the voice of Palm in Babar, the elephant show. I never saw that, but I guess that's that's his only other credit. See, and that's I actually as soon as I saw that, I was like, oh, yeah, Palm. And I again, I remember that because they used to show reruns of it in the mornings, like before school on HBO. So when they kind of stopped showing like Cartoon, ne not Cartoon Network, uh, the Cartoon Express on USA, I yeah. didn't really have a lot to do in the mornings. So like I'd be ready for school. And it's like, OK, well, I'm just waiting here until my brother gets ready. And I remember watching that. And so I recognized him from that. But same thing, you know, like no one really did anything. Although that uh, Darcy Marta, I reached out to her to see if I could get any kind of information uh, I think it was too little too late. She she just didn't uh, hasn't responded, but maybe <laughs> I'll have like a follow up episode or something if she ever does. So apparently, I think she's a hypnotherapist now. She teaches acting and she's a hypnotherapist. So, you know, good for her, I guess. You know, as bonkers as this one is, there is like a certain charm to it. Uh, it's it's not it just doesn't. There's just questions about like, <laughs> I guess I guess if this this mouse became an ongoing character, it would make more sense. Right. But instead, you just get a singular half hour special. And that's it. Where, where the premise is this uh, this woman is a known mystery writer, but really the person coming up <laughs> with the stories is this mouse. <laughs> it's very ratatouille. And a crime <laughs> happens and the boy approaches the mystery novelist to solve it, yeah. which. <laughs> yeah. Well, he, he knows she knows mysteries. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it, it's kind of like uh, Murder, She Wrote, I guess. You yeah, know how yeah. Angela Lansbury really, you know, solves right. all these mysteries because That's she's a true. mystery writer. <laughs> yeah. When really, if you're living in the same town as Jessica Fletcher, you're you're going to move. Right. It's just. Yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah. You got to get out of there. But it, you're right. It's very strange because, I mean, she's got to be because I think the actress was born in 1970 around there. Um, at least when I looked it up, it said she was 51 in 2021. So I guess that she'd be born in 1970. So when she made this, she was only like 17 or 18, maybe. I mean, I yeah, I mean, right, it, it but... wasn't like it. Yeah, it looks like she was teenager, co like co maybe high college, college yeah. but, but she was already a known, like established <laughs> mystery novelist. Yeah, that's the crazy thing. I I don't get that either. Well, you'd say that's the crazy thing, but then you find out that what how those stories are really coming up is from a cartoon mouse. <laughs> that's a good point. Yeah, yeah, it's not really the crazy thing. I I believe this 
Roger Rabbit, I think, was the next year. So so I don't right. know. I'm just confused. Like the cartoon with live action. I, I could see they if they did this the year of Roger Rabbit because like they're trying to take advantage of that momentum. Right. But this was just a standalone thing. I remember the old Disney movie Bedknobs and Broomsticks. Right. The cartoon with live action, but or a little bit of Mary Poppins. Mary but, Poppins. Yeah. But but that's really yeah. about it. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Well, and I was looking at the uh, the writers and I again, they didn't really do a whole lot. So the the guys, I guess, story by credits were Jim Shorts and Chris Salata, who really haven't done anything else. And then the uh, the teleplay. So those who actually wrote the script, it was uh, Everett Greenbaum and Harvey Bullock, which uh, when I saw that come on screen, I thought Harvey Bullock, isn't that the name of the the cop from Batman? And yes, that is the name of the cop from Batman. Um, he's done a few other things. Like he worked on the Andy Griffith show. Um, he did that old 1976 Monster Squad. I don't know if you oh, remember yeah, that yeah. one. Yes. Yeah, yeah. My name's Walt. I work as night watchman here at Fred's Wax Museum to put myself through criminology college. It used to be very lonely until recently when I plugged in my crime computer. Suddenly, oscillating vibrations brought to life three legendary monsters. Dracula. The werewolf and Frankenstein, creatures hated and feared for centuries, now determined to make up for their past misbehaving by fighting crime wherever they find it. Together, we're the Monster Squad. Um, but other than that, not a whole lot. The Jetsons, he worked on something, uh, the Nativity that same year. So I guess he kind of likes Christmas. And then he but has what, like a bunch of. But what you're describing, you're, what you're describing is a production that feels like a direct to video. Like this was an NBC primetime special. Yeah, well, and I so reports varied because I found one website that said it aired December 13th. But I found another one that said it aired right after Garfield Christmas which would have been the 22nd or excuse me, the 21st of 87. So I'm not sure which one's correct. But that's that's but a yeah, huge this, lead in. That's exactly. Yeah. So, but it kind of makes sense. If you think about a cartoon, you know, uh, Garfield's a cartoon cat and then we have, you know, cartoon mouse. So, I mean, that kind of works, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I like you, I'm sure we have a ton of questions. So I think maybe let's just jump into it because I really don't even know, <laughs> like there's not a whole lot of trivia. There's nothing uh, that I really was able to find. So uh, we'll just do our best here. But it starts off. Uh, okay, so we, we get the title credits of Mouse Mystery Me. We get everything like that. And it starts off where Santa, he leaves to go feed his reindeers, what the sign says. And then that's when he runs into this little boy. And the little boy basically is like, you know, hey, remember me? It's it's uh, Stevie. Uh, I live at this address, which, I mean, don't give your address kids out to, to anybody right. <laughs> but, but anyway so like you know he told him his address he asked he wants his father back for christmas because like he can't afford a plane trip a plane ticket yeah. home i think that, that was a common theme i remember it came up in a in a uh a family ties christmas like the the father was out doing like sales calls or something it, it is out of town and it's just a matter of like he's he's busy working like nobody wants your sales call on christmas you can you go no, no. can go home <laughs> yeah yeah he asked for a baby face doll for his sister too so it establishes that he's a caring boy that he cares for his sister and wants his dad home and he wants his dad home yeah 
And so the, you know, the Santa's like, okay, well, I'll do what I can. And again, Santa's played by Dick Van Patten here. <laughs> so he's like the biggest name, I think, in this whole special. So you're thinking at this point, the mystery is going to be how we get this kid's father home and Dick Van Patten's going to play a big role. But then neither of those things play a big role. <laughs> no, they disappear right away <laughs> because as the kids uh, walking away, because Santa says, let's go, let's have a couple of hot dogs. And yeah. so Santa goes to get the hot dogs. And as the kids walk in after him, he sees Dick Van Patten get kidnapped. <laughs> well, so, well, it's, like just it's weird. Into a van in the middle of the daytime. <laughs> right. Broad daylight. And but before that, Santa, you know, he's trying to be nice. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I do remember your home. I remember you, Steve, or something. Right. But then he's like something like Santa. What, what What's the matter? And he's like. Well, oh, yeah. <laughs> someone I work for is dishonest. Like, Santa, are you keeping the magic alive or not? Like, you could be <laughs> like, yeah, sorry, I'm I'm not the real Santa. Or, you know, because he was saying, oh, I remember your address. Then he's talking about he worked for, like, the one thing we know about Santa, he's not working for anyone. He's the boss up there. He's the boss, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he's, like, bumming the kid out. And he's like, ah, let's go get some hot dogs. Like, so there's a random Santa on a park bench, and he's going to buy a, a little boy a hot dog. It, it was weird. Then he gets kidnapped. It was it was a jarring first few minutes. <laughs> and we haven't even gotten to the cartoon mouse. <laughs> and to the kid, I mean, the kid's like, OK, first of all, like, what is Santa talking about? He notices Santa's really bummed out. But then at the same time, it's like when Santa says something about you know working with someone dishonest to the kid, is he thinking like one of his elves is, is uh, breaking bad or something? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's got an elf overlord now because he's working for someone who's dishonest. <laughs> could be i don't know maybe jack frost or something um, <laughs> anyway but yeah so santa just or excuse me in the middle of the day he gets shoved in a van and so we cut to this uh nice little house where the main star jill roberts i think is her name the the main girl yeah. and and her i guess roommate or her friend i don't know it, it again it doesn't really like tell you what's what so i'm just assuming it's her roommate and they're talking there with their cartoon mouse <laughs> all of a sudden who uh, she's reading like the latest bits of a novel that he's written. And I guess he's technically her ghostwriter. This is a Ratatouille situation. This is totally Ratatouille. Yeah, it's definitely Ratatouille. I wonder if Pixar, I wonder if they got their inspiration <laughs> from this special. <laughs> let's spread that around pixar stole they ripped off the mouse of mystery of me yeah it's strange so of course it's like a terrible like like a hack job that he's, yeah. he's written here it's all about a, a retired teacher that kept her like jewels and pearls and diamonds and all sorts of like millions of dollars of <laughs> that kind of thing in a chest up in her attic really partner isn't this a bit much What's wrong? There's some of my best stuff. Why I ever let a mouse talk me into being his writing partner? Because our mystery novels make mega bucks. Besides, you're the one who gets all the credit. Say, you were the one who wanted to remain anonymous, remember? Anony mouse, in my case. Who would want to read a whodunit written by a rodent? Alex. You don't like the suitcase bit, right? Right. She's a retired school teacher living in an attic, and she has a fortune in emeralds, rubies, diamonds, and pearls. Come on. Okay. Cut the pearls. 
And she's like, this doesn't make any sense. She's a, re- a retired school teacher. And he's like, all right, all right, forget the pearls. You know, it's supposed to be like the big <laughs> joke there. But they're they're going over it. This is where we find out that he gets all the, or she gets all the credit for the writing that he's done. I guess she kind of works with him because it seems like she at least edits some of his ideas. She said, what, why would I ever, le- why did I ever let a mouse talk me into being his writing partner? Writing partner, yeah. So I guess they, they kind of work it together. Um, and at first I thought maybe it's something that only she can see, but then her friend, I guess, can see him too. So I guess he's just a regular mouse. They just use uh, the cartoon medium to <laughs> to make right. him active. I don't know. Um, but <laughs> we're introduced to, I guess, the owner of the house. Maybe, I don't know if she's like their landlord or I or couldn't tell if it's like, what. if it's the mom and it's her and her friend or like, yeah, it's the landlord that, that right. or, or like the receptionist of her her uh teenage oh yeah uh, maybe writing empire or something man i i feel like i'm way behind on she's like yeah she's like (laughs) teenage she's like michael crichton who had like a full staff working for him doing research this lady he's (laughs) one of her underlings well the 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 lady that comes in this old lady she's like oh yeah stevie i don't know mumford or something a little stevie's here and he really wants to talk to you he knows that that you do uh, mystery novels and his mom like iron does our ironing for us so you know that's how he kind of knows you and <laughs> whatever okay fine and so she leads him she leads him in and he's like someone stole santa claus and commercial someone stole santa claus a mouse a mystery and me will return after these messages a Mouse, A Mystery, and Me, sponsored in part by McDonald's, where it's a good time with Ronald and his friends. <laughs> That's like the big commercial break. Yeah. Did yours, Did the copy you saw have the commercials in it? Yeah, with the with the kind of creepy McDonald's commercial where the uh, it was focused around the bird, the early bird. They were really pumping the breakfast commercial. Where yeah, I saw. it was uh, the one that I saw was um, the Starwish commercial where the star falls. And Grimace and Birdie, like, try oh, to... Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so, anyway, that just I, reminded me of that. I guess that this whole special was sponsored by McDonald's, seems like, is what they were saying. So yeah, I like. Have... I actually like when you get the commercials in these old YouTube clips, because... Yeah, I do, too. I, to yeah. me, that that puts me in a place often more than the, the specials themselves. Like, I see that, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I can totally remember sitting, sitting down, and where you see, like mac tonight commercials not in this one but like you'll see an old commercial and you're like whoa that brings you right back yeah exactly uh and same here i'm the same way just because uh, i mean i remember like okay run to the kitchen to get a snack and then running back and trying to you know trying to get back before you know or or hearing my brother yell it's on and then you like run as fast (laughs) as you can uh so stevie's like someone kidnapped santa and he tells him the whole story you know, and so they're like, well, I, I mean, I guess, you know, what do you think? They talk to the mouse and he's like, hey, that's uh, Christmas Eve. You know, we can't let a kid be sad on Christmas Eve. So <laughs> the mouse basically convinces the friend or, or the writer and the friend to go ahead and investigate. <laughs> and so, yeah, it seems like they were skeptical about helping a little boy at Christmas. They're like, nah, I don't know. <laughs> and the mouse is like, you know what? I talk a tough game, but yeah, we, we actually have to help him. I'm a softy inside. Yeah. Oh, Alex, I wrote this down. Oh, Alex, you talk tough, but you've got the heart of a marshmallow. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a good one. Okay. <laughs> so 
Oh, doesn't he also say something like, uh, I think I wrote this one, uh, he must, that kid must have gotten into some bad catnip. Yes. <laughs> what? I don't, <laughs> I don't know. That's a strange one. But okay, why not? I have a feeling they were testing out what might be his catchphrase if this if this thing took off. I can totally see that. Yeah. He's going to he was going to make catnip accusations to everybody. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, that I don't know, that guy seemed like he was all cracked out on catnip. Uh, <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> so they they go check it out, they go to the store, and I, I actually really liked the uh the whole Christmas setup at this uh the store that they had here. Yeah, they have a whole train and everything. Yeah, it was like like a whole big, I guess, wonderland kind of setup. But as they're looking around, they see the Santa, uh, or first they see the sign, they see the empty chair, and then Santa comes in and he starts, and they're like, oh, okay, see, Santa's here, he's fine. Um, but the kid's like, well, I guess, you know, I don't know, it doesn't look like him. So what, what they was go, the coincident- <laughs> well, first they, they go talk to the, uh, they, they go talk to the the owner, right? The oh, other yeah. co-owner, like they who just happened to coincidentally be on the floor. And right. It's like the owner and I guess uh, the secretary or, or someone in charge, whatever. And it's, it's like a, this guy and the lady. And this is where we get the uh, uh, Bachner. And anyway, so they talk to him. They're like, "Yeah, it's uh, Mr. You know, uh, Mr. Camden, and he's been doing it for years. He loves it." And so she goes back and tells him, "Yeah, it's the, They say it's the same guy." He's like, "Okay, but I still don't think it's him." And this is where we get what you're talking about, the, how they kind of see that something's they off. They look with down, they're like, shoes. that Santa's wearing white sneakers with black spats. Black like, spats. That's, that's the giveaway. <laughs> Anytime you see a Santa wearing white sneakers with black spats, you know it's a fraud. <laughs> yep. I remember learning that in uh, first grade. <laughs> Arithmetic and spats, spats but, and sneakers. But, but then, the, the, like, this... This tells them that they need to figure out, like, if he went to rent a Santa, rent a Santa, that means he can't be the real Santa. Like, I couldn't just because he's wearing those. Like, what? Why would the, yeah. the girls know otherwise? It's not like the boy was like, "Oh, my Santa didn't wear white sneakers with black spats." Like, I mean, they're they're almost all wearing rental costumes. Yeah, it was it was a, a complete just plot contrivance. But she's basically like, "Huh." Well, a real department store Santa would have real boots <laughs> because yeah. the the other owner told me that he has his own costume and everything. I mean, okay, he can have his own costume, but why? Why does that yeah. eliminate immediately the possibility that he was just wearing spats on top of his other shoes? I mean, I don't. But to give them credit, they they've had to establish that the boy is having uh, uh, he's missing his dad at Christmas, and Santa has been kidnapped. And they have to do all this in like 25 minutes. So they they did have to take yeah. some leaps. They did. Yeah. And there's a lot of leaps they take. Like there's whole things they wrap up with just like a sentence here and there. So, <laughs> but yeah, so they're like, okay, well, hmm, let's, I'm not sure about this. So they send Alex. Luckily they have a little cartoon mouse that can kind of scamper around. He gets, we get a nice little sequence of him on a train. That's how they find out that it's a Renta Santa. But because of that, they decide to go check out Renta Santa. They get to the store and uh, the guy who seems like he's a, a front for like a, a mafia place. You yeah, know? <laughs> he's like he he's more cartoonish than Alex. <laughs> than Alex yeah, <laughs> like he is a cartoon, like mobster kind of talking like a 50s gangster. Yeah, it was strange. I I just got these dames in here asking about your Santa like he's he <laughs> he doesn't 
fit the uh, the Santa business. No, like not at all. But so they're they're asking, you know, they're trying to get the name of like who called in for that Santa. And he's like, hey, no, I'm not doing that. You know, that's I, I'm sorry. I can't do a good uh, I can't do a good 50s gangster. But anyway, but so he's like, no, I can't. You know, I, I'm not giving you the name. And so, again, luckily, they have a little cartoon mouse that can kind of go figure it out. And so he's like climbing all in the back, reading names and sheets and everything. And so they're trying to to stall and say, oh, well, it's just because we wanted a Santa just like that one. And for our party, for a bunch of teenagers. Yeah. And, <laughs> <laughs> you know. But he's got to be able to dance or, you know, some ridiculous thing like that. Right. And so he kicks him out like, get out of here. But Alex, who had fallen into the trash can, overhears him calling the person who hired the Santa. Like, yeah, they're, they're, these ladies are. Well, you're right. Dames, these dames are in here asking about it. And yeah, like he's in on the the illegal stuff. But yet he is running a real business. The Santa. Business. Yeah. So. So I don't know if he is. I think he. Or do you think he like knocked the the guy out and he's pretending to be the guy running the Santa business? Ooh, that's uh, see now that's I like that better. That's actually that, that's going to have to be an hour long special though. <laughs> At that point, yeah, that's a whole. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a Die Hard here or something. <laughs> that's right. But yeah, so like um, because of this, this call that he makes, Alex with his like super mouse hearing. He hears the tones of the the numbers. Oh, right. <laughs> that the guy the dialed. mystery was solved by hearing the dial tone, the, <laughs> the number chimes. Yeah, this is Harry from Renta Santa. Yeah, I just had a couple of small dames in here asking about your order. No, that's not it. Beep, beep, beep. Beep, 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 beep. Got it. Let me guess. He was calling his big squeeze, Princess Di. It was the office of Mr. Sam Hall. That's so crazy. I There's no way you could get that. But no. you know, he's a mouse, so he's got special super hearing. I guess. And so he tells, he tells her, no, no, it's not like that. It's like beep, boop, boop, beep, boop. (laughs) Right. It might take, it might take like 800,000 tries to get it right. That's what I'm wondering. Like how long were they in that phone booth trying to (laughs) press in different numbers until they got it right? (laughs) Madness. And it's not like they had a cell phone. So, so they were literally, you know, putting that quarter in, Hitting the number, okay. No, that's not it. And get that get that quarterback. Yeah, you know, after you hang up, and then okay, try again. And they find it out, and it's actually uh, the number to the store. And so they're like, okay, well, if someone did kidnap him, it's someone from the store. So bum bum bum. Well, oh yeah, that was what was strange. It wasn't just the store; it was actually the uh, the the co owner, Mister Hall, right? That that answered. So yes. someone used. You know, so they they suspect him. So they go back to go talk to uh, the the lady. I guess she, I don't know, whatever she is, vice president, secretary, or treasurer, something. I don't know, C CEO. Yeah, I, yeah, she, yeah. I think she was like the uh, right. She was the COO, and he was C- the CEO. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. This is when they do a very 80s listening in technique (laughs) with the glass, the old glass to the door. (laughs) You got to get a glass. 
Much like quicksand, you only really saw this in the 80s. You, 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 you didn't really see it appear ever again. But the glass to the door was a big spy technique in the 80s. <laughs> I was so afraid of quicksand. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. Did the glass to the door thing ever work for you? I don't remember it working very well. I think I like tried it and it kind of sounds, everybody kind of sounds like the Charlie Brown teacher. Yeah. 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 I don't remember it working for me like ever. Like you could tell someone was talking, but I think if I took it off, I could still tell someone was talking. So it (laughs) just made it louder muffled. Oh, but then they do the, the best hiding I've ever seen. Oh, that's something you used to see a lot too. When somebody's searching for, for in the closet, they're searching for their jacket <laughs> and you like hand them the coat they're looking for. So they don't, they don't look in. Uh, they, they hear him admit that, uh, you know, they hear Mr. Hall admit that he hired the Santa and they're like, wow, he's even admitting it. But all he says really is because they're talking about how some money, like a large amount of money, like $500,000 or something is missing. And so he, it's like him and uh, I guess another corporate person and, and the lady, and they're all, you know, talking about this. And he's like, well, you know, he does give out a bunch of stuff, but this time he's gone too far. He didn't show up. So I just had to hire someone else. And so they think, oh, okay, it's definitely Mr. Hall here. You're absolutely certain. There's a big cash shortage. Normally it wouldn't be noticed some months. How much? Over 500,000. So that's why Sneaky Sam didn't want Mr. Cradle around. Sam is still in the store. Hey! Alex? I want to hear too. Well, hop on. And hold on tight. It has to be George. You're not suggesting that Mr. Crandall would have anything to do with Every year this time he gives away ridiculous amounts to some charity affair. Well, that's probably where he is right now. Well, isn't he downstairs playing Santa? I was just there. It's not him. Well, he didn't get back from lunch. I had to hire someone. I thought that he'd finally taken my advice and given it up. He's admitted it. Well, this time George has gone too far. And so as they hear him coming out, they run and hide in this closet, which... They would have been seen. There's no way they would not have been seen. But yeah, that's when they do the 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 best. And I love how he's not looking at all. He's just kind of trying to reach for his right. Coat. That's always the, the case. The guys, the guys, like feeling around for his jacket when it would take <laughs> it would take like a quarter of a second to be like, oh, that one. Instead, he's yeah, just feeling around for like for like three seconds, and then they hand him the right jacket. Yeah, it's like you wasted so much time, man. What are you doing? <laughs> uh, <laughs> so anyway, they. Um, they decide to follow him down because Mr. Mr. Crandall had is gone. So they're following Mr. Hall and they get to um, the escalator, but they, this is where they, they split up again. So they let Alex out so he can do some searching as well. And so I think, right. They follow him down. They find a notebook that belonged to Mr. Crandall. And they're like, okay, we got to go tell the lady that the, the COO or whatever she is, we right. got to go tell her. And so, you know, she, you know, they, they confront her. They're like, okay, yeah, that's fine. You know, um, here, go check down. I don't know where he could be, but maybe 
you know, check the jewelry vault because he was going to deposit some jewels in, you know, the vault. So maybe he's there. You can confront him or whatever, something like that. I don't know. I don't know what their logic is, but she calls a security guard to escort them down. She writes like her authorization that, you know, for, for his records. That's right. And, <laughs> and he takes them down. Meanwhile, Alex is like looking at the notepad and he sees an indentation and something looks funny. So he blows like the cigarette ashes <laughs> Because right. this is the 80s it's... when everybody had ashtrays everywhere. <laughs> but he did the same technique when the Big Lebowski uh, was he 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 drew in pencil on top of the notepad at Jackie Treehorn's uh, place. But yeah, that was that was a, a move. Yeah, I remember doing that like to my sister when I'd see her write something and then I would scribble on top of it so you could figure out. But he used ashes. <laughs> cigarette ashes. Any yeah, indentation, you can figure out what what was written. And it says, "Lock them up." Oh no! <laughs> oh, Jerry, let the girls have a look in the jewelry vault for your records. Here's my authorization. Then bring them back here. Now he has to figure out how to get back downstairs and warn them. Uh, meanwhile, the girls are downstairs and the security guard who is actually in on the caper, you know, and he does lock them up along with Mr. Crandall and Mr. Hall. And there's Mr. Crandall in his full Santa outfit. They're tied up to chairs and he's like, oh, yeah, by the way, don't breathe too hard because, uh, you know, there's not a yeah, lot of oxygen. I'll see you Tuesday. Yeah, the air's, the air's <laughs> going to have to last for the, till the weekend or something. Something like but that. Yeah. So is he trying to murder them or? Well, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, is he, he's planning on killing them or he's just planning on like getting out of town before they're discovered. Well, I think that was the initial part. They were just going to be down there and then they were just going to suffocate. Because... Yeah, something tells me that the, the security guard wasn't getting cut in on the deal the same, though. And he's committing the murder. Well, but wasn't he the 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 lover? It turns out that he's the lover oh, of the. Right. <laughs> Sorry, in this in this complicated story, I missed. I forgot one of the key, the key twists. Yeah, because he goes upstairs and she even says something like, uh, "It's going to be a great Christmas lover" or something like that. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> Sorry, I I completely forgot that that uh, not so subtle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Alex is up there, and he sees the guy put the key in his pocket. And of course, he conveniently doesn't put it all the way in. And so you think, you know, Alex is going to reach for it. And there's this this great bit of like him hiding behind the picture frame. And you see the picture frame like sliding further and further up, <laughs> closer to the guy's pocket. Of course, he actually misses. You're like, what? Like, yeah. How do you miss? I thought for sure the bad guys were going to get away with it at that point. <laughs> they totally were. Yeah. Uh, but luckily, there's just so happens to be a toy gun. I think it was a toy gun. It might've been a real gun. I don't know. But luckily there just so happened to be a gun on her desk and Alex knocks it over into the big bag of cash that they have. And she zips it up without even seeing that all of a sudden there's a gun in there. 
So a lot of plot holes here. I'm not I'm not too sure they <laughs> they might have needed a second pass on this one, I think. <laughs> right. I have a feeling, would you say December 22nd or something, something like, like that? Something like the 21st, yeah. yeah. So I have a feeling like December 18th, something fell through and they're like, all right, uh, just just come up with some stuff and we'll give you 10 minutes of a cartoon mouse. <laughs> well, it also, it felt like, it felt like it was longer and they cut it down a lot, you know, like, like oh, there's yeah, just like, huge chunks of things missing. If we got the director's cut, we'd see how the security guard got together with that woman. We'd see, we'd see what, what happened <laughs> to the boy's backstory. missing father. You'd, you'd, you'd <laughs> see how she approaches the mouse to start, or the mouse, mouse approaches her to start a writing endeavor. <laughs> there's, there's so much backstory we need to hear they get into character for it you know the guy he gets hired as the guard i mean he daniel day lewis is it you know just, <laughs> <laughs> that's right he worked he worked in a mall for a, a year and a half to get into just character to, just to get in character um yeah so they go to the airport and while they're on their way we get uh we get alex running downstairs and there's a bit where like every you know department store has the the local cat just tries to to get alex but luckily there was a toy fire engine that drives and shoots <laughs> squirts water too this was the big action <laughs> sequence at the end <laughs> After all, the cat chase mouse syndrome, it, it's just an ancient, totally unnecessary time waster. Animal. You know, he manages to get away, but like the the only reason that the bad guys don't get away with it is because he has that gun in there. And as they're putting their luggage on the conveyor belt at the airport, the the guy, the guard that's, you know, scanning it sees a, a gun shape in there. And so they open it up and find the gun and all the cash and it cuts immediately to now we're at a party with, <laughs> with right, the they Santa. They could have right there. I mean, they were out of time, clearly, but that could yeah. have been like a race against time. The girls are running out of air. I mean, they could have done a lot of stuff with that. Instead, it's just a jump cut to Christmas and everybody's it's a fine. jump cut. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it's Christmas Day and uh, Mr. Crandall's, <laughs> you know, Dick Van Patten still in his Santa suit is there talking with the girls and they're at Stevie Mumford's house. And he, of course, he's like, oh, I hope he likes the presents. I get it. I got him. I, I couldn't. You know, I couldn't get the real present, but uh, they're also talking about how luckily that they were caught. And I guess the security guard ratted out his lover and <laughs> they had, right. you know, that's how he got, something, they got the something key. Something tells me he was just in it. He was just in it for the money. I think so too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't true love there. That, that wasn't uh, true love. <laughs> despite, despite the, uh, the label of lover. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that's one of those words. I don't think I've ever really heard that word, you know, since yeah, the eighties. Right. You don't hear that word out in the wild. <laughs> no, no, not anymore. 
so yeah, he ratted her out. They were able to, I guess, off screen, the cops were able to interrogate them and and save Mr. Crandall and, and Jill and her friend and, and, and everybody. But right. And and it's just known that the well-established teenage mystery writer has solved yet another crime. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All, all this just magically happens. Uh, but so Mr. Crandall's saying, hey, you know, I, I wish I could have gotten him, you know, his real present. And then, of course, we hear the dad came in. Right. He's like, I don't know what happened. It was a miracle. All of a sudden there was a, you know, there was an airplane ticket in my in my bag. And but the thing is, does this mean I mean, more questions, but does this mean Alex was able to purchase a ticket and get there? And, and give him the, the ticket and then get back home in time? Or like we were to understand that a, a, a ticket appeared out of nowhere. But like what what powers does Alex really have <laughs> besides writing writing killer mystery novels? <laughs> yeah, best selling novels. Well, and that's the thing, because uh, <laughs> because he said, hey, it's a you know, uh, there's a real Santa that there's no mystery here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I bet I bet the Santa who delivered that uh, ticket wasn't wearing uh, white sneakers and spats. <laughs> he definitely hadn't didn't have spats on yet. <laughs> this is the real deal. <laughs> <laughs> well, because they even asked, like, how'd you do that? They asked, you know, uh, Dick Van Patten. He's like, I, it wasn't me. Although the way he said it, he did have like a mischievous kind of tone to it. So I don't know if it really. But then they never established him. where the dad was. Like, no. Were were they in Los Angeles and he was in San Diego? Like, was it a big, was it a small move or was the dad in Buffalo? I have no idea. <laughs> they, they don't say. So like literally all he says is that I just want my dad to come back home for Christmas. You know, he can't afford a plane ticket. That was it. <laughs> so, I forgot to scan the room to see if the baby face doll was there for his sister. I didn't see it, but they were, I mean, they were all huddled together. So I don't know. <laughs> but but yeah it's like okay so um wasn't me wasn't you so who was it right i don't think it could have been alex because he didn't know anything about the dad unless he no he oh yeah, yeah. That, that's right only van Patten knew only Vin- he he only knew about missing santa that's all alex knew right so i guess he's right there really is a santa claus there you go We've all been on quite a ride to get to the, uh, the conclusion there is a Santa Claus. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it, this is a strange one because it really does kind of take some of the fun out of like department store Santas. Because I remember when I was little, I thought you know they were really Santa, and it, you know then later on as I got older, I was like, oh, they just work for Santa. But you know, it's like I thought it was like Santa's l- lieutenant kind of thing. Yeah, there you go. As yeah. as I get a little, I mean, obviously when I'm three, I'm not thinking it. But then when I'm trying to, as right. I moved on and started thinking things, I was like, oh, he must he must work for Santa. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He's a Santa ambassador or something. So yeah, it, it's kind of strange. But then of course they cement it that they're you know of course there's Santa Claus of course, but this this ends with Alex like peeping out of her purse, and he just like puts on a little teeny tiny Santa hat and he just kind of. Mugs to the camera, like, oh yeah, we did it. Right. You know? <laughs> right. That's that's how it ends. It's it's so strange. There's like you don't see any of like the real good stuff. It's just like a line here. Okay, let's wrap this up. Okay, a line right. here. All right, let's wrap this Jump up. Cut. Next. Everything's fine. Every yeah, exactly. Just covered up with the throwaway, throwaway line. We're good. Like that's how it ends. I have no idea 
any info about it. I wish I could tell you more. I'm hoping that uh, Darcy Marta responds to me because I really want to know anything at all about this special. <laughs> it's just so crazy. Right. Yeah, it would be nice for her to be like, oh, yeah, we planned on this being a series and, you know, it didn't yeah. test well or some, something. I tried to find uh, Jim Shorts and uh, um, the other guy, but I no, I couldn't. Nothing came up. So we'll see. I'm going to I'll keep looking and maybe someone knows someone that worked on this. <laughs> and it's not I mean, it's not like, you know, like it, the acting was fine. It just I mean, it was just it was weird because it was a singular half hour cartoon live action. Right. So like it was it's not like it was horribly done and you'd be like oh i get it 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 just it was like part of a a whole longer storyline that we never got yeah and i remember thinking like is this part of a series like was this based on a book was this you know yeah. what is it but no apparently not uh at least as far as i can tell so i i really i think you're right i think they really were trying to launch like a, a show or something right. based on this or a series of specials. I don't know, whatever it was, but yeah, he was going to do the egg mystery at, at Easter after this. That's right. Yeah. Easter. And then maybe we'll get a Halloween one or, you know, something, right. <laughs> but you know, this is a, I'm glad you brought it up because I had completely forgotten about it. I do remember watching it, although um, there was big chunks. I didn't remember. I, I remember the mouse. I actually remember the fire engine scene with the cat. So that stood out in my mind, but everything else was like, okay, this is crazy. I don't know what's going on, but, <laughs> but I'm glad you brought it up to me. I, I can't wait to do that other one that you brought up as well. Yeah. So <laughs> that's another crazy one. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm working on um, an update to my book. I figure, you know, things that I have learned while promoting um, my book last year, a couple things were brought up to me that I had forgotten or just didn't know about. And then also right. I just wanted to expand it. And and it's the type of thing that if there are new Christmas specials or movies, I can include that. And so I was just thinking, all right, I'll try to update it. And I thought about there is a, a specific genre of weird 80s Christmas specials, like standalone Christmas specials. Yeah, And this fell into that category. So I was just trying to do research and like look up all the different 80s Christmas specials that weren't Garfield or, or right. things that you already knew. And and that's how I've stumbled upon this. I do not remember this at all. So this, <laughs> this was this was new to me. And what a ride. <laughs> I have a feeling it was this was shown once and that's it. <laughs> you know. Uh, I don't think it played out so well, um, unfortunately, <laughs> but I would have liked to have seen what Alex, what other mysteries Alex would have gotten into and uh, how they would have solved it, you know, magically and with jump cuts. Yeah, <laughs> so, lots of jump cuts. Uh, so, OK, what would you say if you could be a character in the special? You know, who would you who do you think you'd be like? Which character would you play? Um, who would I be? I mean, I've. I really want to know more about the guy at the rent to Santa office. <laughs> I don't know if I'd want to be him, yeah. but maybe, you know what? I, I, I'd like to be Alex so I can okay. hang out and learn more about what's going on with this rent to Santa. There's, there was more questions about him that needed to be answered. <laughs> I think the, 
the guy that uh, or the one that comes out like the cleanest in this whole thing is the kid. So I think I'd want to be a little Stevie Mumford. <laughs> That's right. Stevie had a good heart, just wanted his dad and his sister to get a doll and wanted to help Santa. <laughs> and wanted to help Santa. He's just a good kid. Yeah. Well, I mean, his mom does their ironing. So but... <laughs> That's true. I mean, you owe someone big when they do your ironing. <laughs> That's right. Um, but okay. So what would you say then would be your favorite, uh, like your hap, hap, happiest moment of this uh, special here? So I, I genuinely laughed out loud uh, during one moment. And I'm, I don't think it was intentional, but there, Alex is talking to the girl and he, he's like, I, I guess they're trying to figure out, this is the, the scene at the Renaissance Center where they're trying to figure out the address. And he goes, maybe. But well, what about Robert Redford there? And he's pointing to the dark mustached Renaissance manager that looks like a <laughs> like a gangster and talks like a gangster. And you're like, Robert Redford. Wow. And I just <laughs> laughed. I was like, what? Like, well, I felt like they, they they were supposed to cast like a super handsome blonde guy. And so they wrote the line and then they, they're like, ah, we're going to settle for this guy. <laughs> well, and then like, who's that joke for? If this is a, a, a special for kids, right, for like children. That, that, that joke's not going to land. <laughs> no, they wanted the parents who were watching with him. They they threw him a bone. <laughs> the one, the one line. But what about Robert Redford there? What? <laughs> but it made oh, me laugh. Man. I just laughed like what an absurd line that means nothing. I think for me, yeah, you're right. It it really doesn't. Like, is Redford known to be a director? I mean, a uh, uh, detective? I don't think so. I mean, although I guess he was like a investigative reporter in. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Was it all the president's men? Yeah, is that what it was? Yeah. Watergate movie. I don't, th- that's, I don't yeah, think that's the, the right one. reference. No, <laughs> I'm sorry, I cut you off. So, what, what was not your for seven year olds? Yeah, oh no, no, that's okay. Yeah, I think for me, um, of course, I enjoyed the one action scene that we got where uh, <laughs> that I actually remembered, but I think the, the part that I actually liked the most <laughs> was when they're interviewing, um. You know, or not they're interviewing, but Stevie is talking to the Santa in the beginning, and the Santa's just kind of playing along, like, like, oh, oh, yeah, and you live at uh, where was it again? Um, uh, and so Stevie gives him the address. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. And last year I got you a um, uh, <laughs> yeah. So he's writing it down, and Stevie later on says. Yeah, he had my name in his book and everything, even my address. And it's like, well, yeah. It's like, yeah, because you told him, Stevie. Yeah. <laughs> I think that I, that part made me laugh. The I hope to one day play uh, play poker against Stevie. Seems seems <laughs> seems to be an easy guy to fool. <laughs> I think you're right. Let's. Yeah. Uh, no. No bluffing with him. But now we come to my favorite part of the show, which is a little bit I like to call "gag me with a spoon." So this is where we do our best impression of our least favorite part of the episode. Uh, as a guest, if you'd like to go first, that's cool. Unless you want me to go first, and I can if you'd like. Uh, you, you go first. Okay, okay. So this is a <laughs> this is Stevie. And so this is after when he and Santa are, are on the bench and they're talking. And Santa says, hey, you know, let's say you and I have a nice hot dog together. And Stevie, he, the reason <laughs> it's his reaction, because he kind of waits like a beat. He's like. Yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> it's like like you could tell he's trying to remember his line or, or they're like feeding it to him or something. But there's just like right. a long pause between that. Yeah, be he, was, he was clearly thinking his line. That wasn't the, That's right, yeah. the delayed excitement. <laughs> like he's he's processing the gravity of Santa offering him a hot dog. 
<laughs> hey, that's a big thing when Santa offers you a hot dog. <laughs> so I I actually, you know, I, I, I've uh, done the show before, so I knew this segment was coming. And I wrote down, because I thought this would be the most uh, ridiculous part of the movie, in the, or the show, in the first scene where you see the the boss um like he they're establishing he's the boss of the the department store right and he gets interrupted and it's phone for you your dentist now <laughs> i've had the same dentist for like a quarter century i've never gotten the urgent call from the dentist to <laughs> <laughs> so i was like what the dentist is interrupting the like it was weird but the scene i'm going to say is Alex is uh, he's hiding in like the, the Tom and Jerry mouse hole, like the, okay. the mouse hole that I've never seen outside of cartoons. No, never, ever. The little archway in the middle, like <laughs> at the floorboard. And it's always a perfect arch too, yeah. like a perfect arch. And he, he's hiding in there um, and he goes, good thing I'm not an elephant. Then where would I hide? <laughs> well who's saying anything about elephants why why would you be an elephant what we're watching a, a mouse mystery what why would you be an elephant and what it was just it was beyond odd it's one thing to have like a ratatouille situation but to have like an elephant like horton hears a who situation right. that's okay. a whole other thing <laughs> yeah okay i get it i think i get it where would you hide like a, a giant elephant that helps you write your books <laughs> yeah that's that's a strange line there's a lot of strange i wonder if this was like with this was this during the writer's strike because didn't the writer's strike happen around this time oh maybe i, don't I know. was thinking this is like it was written in a foreign language and then translated back <laughs> to english and <laughs> everything is just a little bit off like just put it through Google Translate, see what happens. Yeah, <laughs> I buy it. <laughs> or, I mean, it's 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 before the time we would see this. But if somebody said, "Oh, I typed in the title, and then we let AI write the mystery," a bot, yeah, like a bot, <laughs> you could see that kind of flow with this thing. But it doesn't make sense that humans with who were living in 1987 would consciously make all these decisions no no it really doesn't it's it's so strange and i again i still think there's like huge swaths of this thing cut out you know like like, <laughs> like i think they thought like, it was an hour-long special right exactly and then they're like oh we only got 20 minutes okay okay cut. what else can we cut right. what else can we cut yeah <laughs> yeah like there's that story of uh of the last dragon barry gordy's the last dragon that uh yes. they were show enough it was yeah exactly it was too long so they're trying to figure out how they could uh how they could cut it and when uh barry gordy fell asleep the writer just like threw out 40 pages of the script <laughs> i didn't know <laughs> so, that it's amazing so it it seems like that like you know they had this whole thing they're like what can we cut and someone just cut it. and they're like okay well here's the script and go film it you know <laughs> yeah fair <laughs> enough Oh, man. But, uh, you know, G.I. Joe taught us that uh, knowing is half the battle. What do you think the other half is? Always check your carry-on bag. Oh, that's good. <laughs> Never let... I mean, they warn you. Did anyone have access... What is it? when You have to fill out the waiver, and it's like, did anyone uh, handle your carry-on bag? Like, you're always supposed to check it before you, you board. And that, that undid the whole crime. Yeah, yeah. It's just their Toy stupidity, gun. really. Yeah. 
come on guys get get together you know get with it um yeah that's good that's better than so mine is uh if, if knowing is half the battle the other half is having a ghost riding cartoon mouse on payroll <laughs> <laughs> now we know and knowing is half the battle there's very little you can't do and so yeah. I, i'm under the assumption that this girl's getting paid a lot of money so her life is is a lot of fun she doesn't actually do anything yeah well and i mean the when they you know go confront the mr hall and and the girl like in the beginning they actually say you know oh i recognize you you're jill roberts uh, we sell a lot of your books here so <laughs> she must be doing pretty darn well even yeah. in 1987 i think 1987 because i you know under my experience, my next door neighbors don't know I'm an author. This this girl's an established household name. <laughs> well, I figure in 1987, they probably have her picture really big on the back. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I know it's I know it's not a visual medium, but, you know, you just figure right. her with her, her hand on her chin or something. She's know? got a big billboard <laughs> in the neighborhood with her picture on it. <laughs> That's right. And it didn't seem like it was a small town. It seemed like it was a bigger town. So I don't know. But oh man, uh, Ed, it's been fun talking with you about this crazy thing. But you know, uh, what do you want to plug? Like, tell me about your book because it's it's a great book. Well, so my book, the uh, the Christmas book, um, it it is my attempt at the all encompassing guide to Christmas. Not just about the history of Christmas, but. Um, the history of the holiday, foods, fashion, movies, television, the different genres, sitcoms, action shows, doctor shows, um, books, um, a hundred different variation uh, uh, variations of a Christmas Carol. So I mm-hmm. try. I tried to do. I tried to do the all-encompassing guide to Christmas, and uh, it's a. Obviously, um, I love Christmas, so it's a uh, it's a loving look at the holiday. But you know, not not afraid to take a couple of shots at Alex the Mouse. <laughs> um, and so, like yeah. I said, I'm 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 in the process of updating it. Um, uh, that th- there's going to be I got I got about twenty more pictures that I added to the book and added nice. some other stuff. But there's going to be an '80s weird Christmas special section. That, uh, oh, nice! It'll, it'll be it'll it'll be updated by the fall, but it's it's out on Amazon right now. Right on fuel for my pod. Uh, yeah, I'm looking right now because I have it in front of me. I'm looking at the the list of a hundred different adaptations of a Christmas Carol, um, and I know there's probably way more than a hundred. Um, was no, it there's hard? Way more. Was it hard picking? It was. Um, and I'm I'm probably gonna have to. I I'm gonna add a couple of them and. I don't know if I do the cop out and just do a tie at a hundred or I'm going to have to bump a few, but it was, uh, (laughs) it was, uh, it was fun looking at all these and interesting how, um, it can go in a lot of different directions. Like you can have a a show that does a sort of, you know, we, we did the, um, last year we did the, the Keaton Christmas Carol and they just completely, uh, cut out Christmas present in that one. <laughs> yeah. And you see a lot of that, like shows will take a um, an idea of looking at your past, but not, you know, not the future that they, they do that. Right. So there, there are a lot of different um, variations mm-hmm. or adaptations. And uh, 
but it, it it was it was a fun endeavor because I I saw some some versions like really old versions that it's interesting how much they some of them stayed very true to Dickens and you know for the the time they had like there's one of the first ever short films is a Christmas Carol um, that's, that's like a- on YouTube and it's it's actually for for the time that they did it is pretty impressive. That's what I'm looking at. Number 29 is a Christmas Carol, a Thomas Edison production from 1910. Yeah. Yeah. It's just 10 minutes long and it's a silent film. That's interesting. Yeah. But you, you know, obviously, you know, the story, but of course, it's interesting to think of like, this is what, these are the tools they had to work with then. And this is over a hundred years ago and you still get the vibe of what happened. That's so cool. And then you also, uh, there's a whole nother chapter, just other stuff that happened on Christmas. <laughs> That's these cool. are, these are, yeah, like w- Washington crossing the Delaware uh, River and some, some famous events that happen on Christmas or famous people that were born on Christmas. But uh, there's, there's a lot of weird stuff that happened on Christmas. Well, I'll make sure to put a link of uh, uh, in the show notes. Um, guys, you got to get this book. It's it's so fun. It's super cool. And it has just about everything you ever wanted to know about uh, about Christmas. So make sure you pick it up because you definitely won't be disappointed. By the way, we got to do uh, Brave Star, the, uh, the Brave Star Christmas Carol version. I don't know if you remember that cartoon Brave Star. Yes. Yes. But, so... but that's one that I've, <laughs> I've earmarked that I, I need to to find a way to get that in. It's interesting because again, they don't do like different ghosts. They just use that one character shaman and he kind of shows a uh, Tex hex, like everything. Anyway, it's neither yeah. here nor there, but it's just a, <laughs> it's another fun version. Um, but yes. So definitely go pick it up guys. Uh, Ed, it's been a, just a blast talking with you about this, this special here. It's always <laughs> fun. This is, this is such a fun podcast. I, I enjoy it because it's uh it's a good way to embrace our youth and uh it's like a a nice uh forced nostalgia like you you something you'd <laughs> forgotten about and it's like oh yeah and it, it makes you feel good or in the case of the uh the mouse and mystery in me it's a part of my childhood that i either never experienced or have blocked from my memory or trauma blocked yeah <laughs> <laughs> but fun nonetheless yeah 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 <laughs> yes exactly and on that note i'm going to end it by saying No mystery whatsoever. Perfectly logical explanation. There really is a Santa Claus. So check us out on our social media pages, Facebook and Instagram at Totally Rad Christmas, Twitter at Rad Christmas, or our Facebook group, Totally Rad Christmas Mall and Arcade, where you can make your voice known to us as well. We post anything and everything 80s or Christmas related. And if you're feeling like Alex solving a mystery, leave us a review on iTunes. It helps us reach more people and spread some rad holiday cheer. Now, don't forget to check out our merch shop on tpublic.com and our super dope website, totallyradchristmas.com, courtesy of Tis the Podcast elf, Tom Crow. Now, it's a perfect Christmas. Later, dudes. A mouse, a mystery, and me will return after these messages. Seven up has the feeling of Christmas.